Good morning on this beautiful, rainy, tropical Wednesday morning. That's right, that's right. <sighs> Hi, Dr. Marilyn. Hey, Paul, how are you? I am fantastic. I'm in and uh, just came back from a weekend in Tortola. Mm-hmm. Little birthday weekend. Hey, uh, what did you say? A what weekend? A little birthday. Hey, weekend. listening audience, shout out to Paul Duming, uh, Pisces man who just had a birthday on Saturday. I was. I uh, I grew up in a big family, and I uh, I have a brother who uh, we call an, a, an Irish twin because uh, one day a year we're the same age, and the <laughs> next day I go back to being his older brother. But uh, came down with his family, got to go to Tortola. So a shout out to Tortola. You guys are doing well over there. Um, very humbling for me to get over there and, and see, you know, where you are in your recovery process. Mm-hmm. Uh, to see the boat stacked up and, and still some of the physicality that uh, you're still working towards. But I saw cruise ships. I saw mm-hmm. life. I saw tourists. So okay. good on you and, and good attitude to the get yourself back. The recovery journey continues. Absolutely. Yes. And, and the strength, you know, and, and just it. the compassion. The people were still sweet and wonderful despite mm-hmm. what else is going on. But hey, Virgin Islanders, U.S. Virgin Islanders, don't forget how lucky you are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, really, you know, we, we, we had so much help compared to the folks down there in the British Islands. So keep it up. Um, and as I had mentioned to you earlier, a little bit off radio here, the uh, the humbling thing about us doing this show, as we keep saying, we're a conduit. You know, we want to help people. And if That's I can it. reach one person out there today that learned something different and mm-hmm. felt good for an hour while we did this show, That's right. I'm charged up and I feel great about it. But to be on a ferry and, and, and get to see an old friend of mine, Wimpy, as I've known him since I was a child, <laughs> Wimpy said, I'm listening every week. And uh, Good morning, Wimpy. Oh, what a pleasure. Mr. Calwood. <laughs> You know, right, Mr. Caldwell. Um he worked with us at Belongo as a bartender, and he was really more famous for working at uh, Frenchman's Reef, at okay. the top of the reef, where okay. they used to have all the beautiful shows and everything. He was the he was the beast of a bartender. He mm. was fantastic. So Wimpy, great seeing you again and, and catching up. That was that was nice. And uh, that must have been a very special surprise for you. It really was, mm-hmm. and, and it surprised the people that were around us because I just like ran up and started hugging on this uh, older <laughs> gentleman, and people were like, "Wow, <laughs> I guess they know each other." Well, yes, yes, we do. Oh, wow. Uh, it was wonderful. wonderful. It really was. That's great. Well, we want to welcome, as usual, all of our longtime listeners like Mr. Callwood and others who continue to affirm this journey. So we welcome you to uh, Rotary Wellness Wednesdays, a time for some information, hopefully some inspiration, some skill building, and just your midweek exhale. So thank you. For those of us listening, uh, you listening online, um, we want to welcome you on board. And for those of you perhaps who are first time listeners welcome on board we thank you for uh, making the choice and decision to to keep listening after dr addy uh, kept you chilled out on this rainy that was a chill session this morning back right <laughs> boy yes and there's some older stuff so we, but uh, yes. had me tapping always was, grateful uh, for that and i'm um, always mindful of beginning the show and passing on the the distress disaster helpline number because we know that as the journey continues there are those who need a um, heightened level of connection support and for some knowing that there are resources to connect to get some counseling support off island becomes important so let me begin with the disaster distress helpline once again which is 1-800-985-5990. 
Again, the Distress Disaster Helpline, 1-800-985-5990. And for those of you who are into texting, you can text Talk With Us to 6674. Again, you can text Talk With Us to 6646. Sorry, 66746. And Marilyn, that's not just uh, hurricane-related. It's not talking about your house and your structures. It's about you. It's about you, and it is staffed 24-7. So for those of you perhaps in the middle of the night, some issues come up, or you just feel a need maybe in the middle of the day as you take a break or go outside, um, that resource is there all the time and is available for you. And so it becomes important for us to share that. Um, So I'm glad you had a wonderful uh, weekend. I want to... Send condolences out to um, the family, patients, and all of Dr. Fletcher Robinson, long-term dermatologist here on island. You know, everybody probably got a story, right? I got several. Yeah, yeah. and so it was sad so, to hear, you yeah. know, of his passing. But I'm sure we all have stories of visits and the time spent, the lover of jazz and everything else, the yeah. mentor to many physicians locally and off island, and a big, wide, and loving family who I understand were with him at the time of his transition. Yeah. So just and his son to... is following in his footsteps, and so yes. Robinson you know, Dermatology still continues. So. Yes, yes, so I wanted um, to do yeah. that. Um, also wanted to give a shout-out to Lori Peterson. Remember, we talked about therapeutic massage last week and the importance and the role of um, kind of detoxing and getting more oxygen and blood flow in our bodies. So I myself went and um, had a hallelujah massage. <laughs> yes, I did. Look at that! He loves massage. A little bit of that. A little bit. Oh, that's right. We love the. And it was fantastic with the hot stones and everything. It was fantastic. So, Lori, (laughs) I want to thank you, especially on this right shoulder here. Shout out! It was wonderful. Did they have to wake you up when it was over? I won't. I won't say. (laughs) (laughs) I will not say. Good for you. Uh, Yes, but it was really wonderful. So, uh, we're going to move into our um, breathing time. And then for you all to know in the listening audience, we have a very... No, no, this one is extra, extra special. <laughs> okay, he's okay, right. He's yes, right. Uh, it is a pleasure to have in studio with us uh, uh, Dr. David Hall, president of the University of the Virgin Islands, and someone who I actually know very well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so we'll have an opportunity to um, to talk with him about um, the recovery journey, his own personal journey around recovery of the storms, uh, where UVI is at, and other things that would be important to share with the listening audience. So. Really delighted and very happy that he's here with us in studio this morning. Yeah, welcome, David. Yes. Nice. Uh, so, in terms of our breathing um, moment for this morning, so I hope that you continue to find ways that you are enhancing um, the breathing experience for yourself. And we know that that is a gift that you give to yourself and one that is a part of stress management, of relaxation, of wellness. And so today, when you take your um, deep breath in, and we're going to do two rounds. In the first round, I want you to uh, hold this thought. 
What is it that you appreciate most about yourself in this moment, in this day? It's a rainy day. It's a kind of reflective day that you kind of kind of feel a little chilled out. It's kind of gray outside right now. Uh, but this is a gift I want you to give to yourself. And then the second round, I want you to think about an individual to whom you appreciate very, very much. Um, so the first round of the breath, deep breathing, we're going to take a nice deep breath in. Everybody, here we go. Deep breath in. Hold for four. One two, three, four, and exhale. What do you appreciate about yourself? Once again, deep breath in. Hold for four. One, two, three, four, and exhale. I hope you're holding that thought. Continue with that rhythm. Breathing in and holding for four. Two, three, four, and exhale. What do you appreciate about yourself? This is a gift you give to you. And in this next round, I want you to think and hold in your mind and in your heart. Who do you appreciate? Just one person right now that's important to you. Nice deep breath in. Hold for four. One, two, three, four, and exhale. And one more round. Nice deep breath in. Hold for four. Two, three, four, and exhale. The individual that you held in your mind and in your heart, I want to invite you to actually reach out to that person and let them know that you thought about them today and that you appreciated them. That's nice. Yeah, so um, hold the gift of who you are through yourself. And then secondly, who do you appreciate and who's important to you and let that person know. That's part of the journey of wellness as we build healthy connections with each other. And sometimes we just need to let those people who are important in our lives, let them know that they are nice you're right of you know course. all right so we move into uh, this journey of um continuing exploring and talking about uh today wellness through institutional and personal leadership and it's my pleasure to have uh in studio uh david hall give you a brief bio uh david hall has served as president of uvi for nine and a half years under his leadership, the university has added numerous academic programs, including a Ph.D. in creative leadership and a hospitality program, 16 online degrees, an entrepreneurship program for which he secured a $5 million gift, national recognition in research, endowment growth and fundraising, created a radio station, WUVI, two new buildings, numerous new centers and institutes, uh, an honorary degree recognition, and a free tuition policy. Prior to UVI, David Hall served as dean of Northeastern University Law School and provost of Northeastern University. He's the author of a book on spirituality and the legal profession, and he's married to, guess who, Dr. <laughs> Marilyn Braithwaite Hall. He is uh, the father of three children, Rasan, uh, Sakila, and Kiyamsha. He's originally from Savannah, Georgia, and he has degrees from Harvard University, Kansas State, and Oklahoma University. It is our pleasure to welcome to Wellness Wednesdays, Dr. David Hall. Yeah, welcome, David. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. I've uh, been uh, wanting to get on this prestigious radio program, Wellness Wednesday. I've uh, heard everywhere I go, people are talking about it. And so to be here is an humbling uh, moment. Well, now this is nice that we get to play with family. And uh, we've had Sakile via telephone before. That's My daughter right. was here. Right. Uh, and we we too were looking forward to the day where we could have you with us. And now we've got several doctors in the house. 
house. So uh, I know. Look at uh, that, right? <laughs> but, but what an honor! And uh, as we, as we, uh, and again, your subject matter is so important to us here, and so. Um, just to have you be able to give us some updates and, and some of your secrets of how you even do what you do. Um, Dr. Marilyn over here and I have talked many times over. It's just amazing because I remember you getting here. Right. And you're almost at 10 years. That's right. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. And my brother has a, a saying that I don't always love, but it's appropriate a lot of times that f- time flies whether you're having fun or not. <laughs> so uh, so welcome to us. And as we always love to, to start our uh, questions with our guests is, um, you know, what does wellness mean to you? And then what do you do to support wellness in your life? Yeah. Well, uh, again, I just want to emphasize it's an honor to uh, be here. And uh, the whole concept of wellness is very important. And that's why I think the show has uh, resonated with so many people. And, uh, you. you know, my definition is a, is a notion of wholeness and trying to be whole, both physically, mentally, and spiritually. And that is a concept that uh, is often missed in our busy lives, uh, but it is something that I think is just extremely important. And for me, the way that I try to stay whole and stay centered at the corner of that is a is trying to nurture my spiritual life, my connection to the divine, and and trying to engage in that practice through prayer and meditation, through um, you know being part of uh, various religious communities because. Uh, we get fed in in the right way. So to me, there is a link between wellness and spirituality. I can't dictate to people the path they may choose to follow, but I certainly believe that there is that uh, connection. Uh, exercise uh, is certainly important, and I try to do that uh, regularly. Uh, family secret is I uh, like walking with my wife, but keeping up with her is sometimes a challenge. <laughs> She sees walking. Uh, I see walking as a stroll. Yes, she yes. sees walking as an Olympic uh, I got competition. Get to, yeah. Uh, <laughs> excuse me. Excuse me. Uh, uh, but, I, I have one of those as well. Yes. And, I, and I've even played with that in like the streets of New York and see how many blocks it takes her to realize I'm no longer with her. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. I'm glad I'm not alone. No, you're not. You're not. Uh, and, and so exercise in various forms, Fantastic. I think, is so important and it's something that certainly keeps me uh, that way um, but the last part is really having good people in your life and uh, you know Marilyn certainly is a tremendous source because I think we stay well and whole when we have people around us who can feed that part of ourselves and who uh, bring joy to our lives and not a lot of stress to our lives and so uh, you know those three things among others and you know family uh, broadly uh, defined is certainly a way of uh, of staying whole and uh, even extended family I uh, I feel I've never lost track of myself because when I connect with my family in Savannah, you know, they remind me of who I am. <laughs> and 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 that's important for us to stay whole, is to know from whence we've come and to also stay true to, to who we are. So wow. those are the that's things fantastic. that have been important to me. Well, that sounds like the road to success uh, for sure, <laughs> and especially if you can keep up with it. Um, can't help but give you a, a little shout um, you had a heck of a November uh, mm. to go back to uh, 
uh, Kansas State <laughs> and get the infamous purple jacket <laughs> and to be, uh, you know, talked about as not only an academic but also as an athlete. And then to come home and uh, Kansas State was here at Paradise Jam and right. they accidentally won that whole tournament. So congratulations. I'm yeah. sure you were you were floating high. And, and uh, as far as the personal accolades, I'm sure they were well-deserved. And congratulations Thank to you. you. Um, personally, I know what you've brought to this community and, and especially through... Uh, the university, um, it, it, you reek of pride and you reek of hard work, and 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 so that's undeniable. So so thank you for taking time out of your busy day to be with us today. And that hard work, um, just to kind of follow up on what you said, was. Um I think even manifested in in deeper ways after what we all went through in September of 2017. Um, So David, why don't we start talking about um, Irma Maria, as we all fondly call it. Uh, And since this is a wellness show, um, before we talk about the institutional part, um, I think it would be really important for the listening audience to have a a deeper understanding of sort of the impact on individuals, because that's what we've been exploring. The impact of the stress and all of the ways in which uh, the hurricanes changed us. So could you talk a bit about what the personal impacts of the hurricanes um, were and have been on you? Well, they clearly, uh, together, were the most challenging experience that I have gone through, especially in a kind of leadership role. Uh, But personally, I could tell coming out of the storms that, number one, physically I had changed. You know, I would go through the day uh, and if I missed lunch, it was no big deal. Um, I I would always try to have lunch, but if I didn't, there was no problem. But after that, I had to eat on a regular basis because I think I was putting out so much that my body just required so much more, and and that was a change. Uh, I have uh, been an asthmatic all my life, and one of the reasons I became a vegetarian was to put that under control, and I had done that, and coming to the Virgin Islands was certainly an extra benefit in my wholeness and healing in that regard, but after the hurricanes, the uh, quality of air inside, the quality of air on the outside just re-triggered that uh, whole part of myself and I had to get back on medication on a regular basis which was challenging emotionally because I had become a vegetarian so I could get off of it or reduce it considerably and now to find myself kind of back to where I was was not uh, the best place to be in. Uh, So, you know, physically uh, those two things uh, manifested themselves and then emotionally it was just a very stressful time um, being able to uh, try to be there for others uh, both students and others within the institution adds an extra layer uh, because it wasn't just the regular routine it was trying to rebuild an institution trying to get us to move forward together and seeing the suffering that others were going through 
breakthrough that was greater than mine even. Yeah. Uh, and so the stress level uh, increased tremendously. And I think as the show, I believe, reminds us is that it is those uh, intangible aspects of our being that gets affected by trauma. And that was certainly a traumatic experience. And, uh, you know, fortunately, over time, I believe that those things that affected me personally have been put under better control. Um, but it, there was a consequence uh, besides the oh, loss yeah. of buildings. Oh, yeah. And, you know, uh, being that Dr. Marilyn's been here talking about it, and, of course, early on we talked a lot about how people reacted, whether you, the, the fright, the flight, or the fight, and, uh, and the freeze, and she... she admitted that she categorized herself as the freeze, the freeze yeah. and but she also clearly mentioned that while she was sitting there in slow motion trying to get any sense of what the heck is going on, she she noticed how you, though, were the fighter. And I think a lot of folks don't realize in leadership roles the additional amount of stress that is, is taken on, because um, I think that the, the train of thought that happens is first thing is, is safety, and then the immediate thing is your family, and and then all of a sudden, now you're into this third and fourth and fifth layer of your community that you live with, mm-hmm. your faculty, your students, and then, you know, now what? Where do you go? And and I've got to give you credit. You've done a good job, I think, you know, trying to keep us all educated in, on the progress. And it broke our heart. You, you, you were a speaker at my Rotary Club one day, and he, um, we had the pleasure of seeing, not really a pleasure, but we saw a PowerPoint presentation, and one of the gripping visuals I still have to this moment was your desk. Yeah. I mean, his office was annihilated, and this beautiful wooden desk is just covered, and just, it was like, wow. So even home camp, you know, base is, is, is destroyed. So the fact that, like you, like you said, you're dealing with your own health, your family, and on and on and on. Um, and so I think we should probably try to get some, you know, some updates. Because um, I don't know if everybody realizes the impact of the storms on the actual universities yeah. themselves. So maybe briefly you could share with us um, yeah, that would be know, some of that. Yeah, we suffered quite a bit on both campuses. We lost about 10 buildings across both campuses. We estimated damages to be up in the $60 million worth wow. of damages. Wow. Um, of course, it brought uh, our operations, academic operations, to halt uh, doing that uh, period of time, and we had quite a number of uh, students who uh, <clears throat> were displaced uh, because of the hurricanes. Um, but the, the good news is, despite all of those uh, losses, uh, you know, we were able to resume academic uh, classes within a month, mm-hmm. which was really a miracle. And not only did we save the semester for our students, we were asked by the University of St. Martin to offer courses there so that their semester could be saved as well. So I, despite the challenges that we encountered during that time, mm-hmm. uh, we were able 
collectively through a lot of hard work and creativity by a lot of people to not only save the semester but save the year and to help others. And we've been steadily uh, making progress. We've restored some of those buildings, um, but we still have seven buildings still to be uh, rebuilt. And what we've had to do is just repurpose other facilities. People are operating uh, to, to an office in some instances. Mm-hmm. But despite those challenges, we're moving forward and, and still making uh, progress and, and adding programs <laughs> uh, and achieving and other things yeah. in the process. Yeah. So it is a, a testament to the dedication, brilliance, and creativity to the people we have at the university. Wow. I would, I would, I would agree. <laughs> and, and we talk about that weekly, too, just the strength of us all. And, and when you break it down into areas, I mean, you're to be commended. Yeah. It, it yeah. is extraordinary. I mean, I think every time I hear you talk about it, to 10 buildings, and I remember what the experience was like because living it, I mean, we live on campus, right. <laughs> you know, right. and um, and there was something about, there was something very powerful about the image of the destroyed office, yeah. you know, his office, his office, yes. his car, yes. you know, and other space gone, the things that are part of the personal and um, professional reality of uh, being in leadership and so um, it is extraordinary and I don't say this simply because you know I'm David Spells but it's um, it's quite the miracle I and mean, in many ways it's sort of the UVI miracle of where UVI is right now and given that you know in the introduction I noted that it's uh, nine and a half years uh, ten years since we relocated here um, best that you would kind of reflect on what you just described all that you went through and continue to experience. So how have these storms impacted you and your leadership uh, 10 years later almost, um, being uh, the president of the university in the midst of everything that you are going through and leading the university through? Well, I think traumatic and challenging experiences uh, don't create new aspects of who we are. It brings out what's there. And uh, this experience certainly forced me to be a better leader. Uh, I felt I always cared about the people in the institution, but you didn't have a situation where people were suffering in the way that I saw them after this. We had faculty members, administrators who lost their homes, lost every uh, part of their uh, livelihood, students who, you know, lost books. One of the most dramatic experiences, and you were there with me the day after when we went over to the residence hall, which was the shelter where all of the students who had to stay on campus lived, and to go there and know that they are at that point without any hour uh, without any running water Mm -hmm. and to see students outside trying to collect rainwater Mm -hmm. so they can get the bathroom facilities to work Mm -hmm. and you feeling as if you know I am responsible for these individuals and for this particular situation so that has to make you go much deeper inside your well of compassion Mm -hmm. in order to uh, do whatever you can and so the creation of the UVI Rise Fund to help students and employees was something that grew out of 
seeing the situation of our employees and students and trying to respond. Uh, it made me t uh, a more creative leader. Mm -hmm. uh, we had to recreate uh, in that semester our curriculum <laughs> and working with Provost McHale and the deans and the faculty, uh, we were able to do that and to offer courses at different times to try to figure out ways in which students could still get access to courses even though technology wasn't up and running in the way it normally would. So it certainly uh, allowed me to dig deeper into the leadership well and pull out more compassion, pull out more creativity, mm -hmm. and to try to be uh, an anchor for others. I remember one of the forums we had right after Irma, and I had declared to students and to the staff, we're going to reopen in two weeks, because <laughs> physical plant had indicated <laughs> wow. to me uh, that uh, that's how much time they thought it would take to at least get some of the facilities up and running. And there were individuals who were saying, no, uh, let's just call off this semester, because you know that's what we did 20 years ago when we had a major hurricane. Mm -hmm. And so it challenged my leadership, because it would have been very easy to say, okay, you, there are some of you who don't want to move forward, so let's not move forward. And you have to stand and say, no, we're going to do this. We can do this. Mm -hmm. And people are looking to you to see if you are committed <laughs> to this very Absolutely. You know, ambitious yeah. goal. Mm -hmm. uh, and so... Making tough decisions. Yes. And, and, and that's and, why you're good at what you do. Yeah, and, standing, yeah. and standing behind it. So yeah. that experience tested all of those aspects of me as a person and as a leader. Well, it's interesting because um, as you describe and talk about that, because I actually remember that <laughs> that meeting and it was so significant. There was tremendous anxiety and post-trauma, there's that acute stress that everybody experiences. And in that moment, your presence, your physical presence, um, and you speaking those words with clarity and conviction you could see the exhale that happened in that room for students who were so, they needed both the, their president, but you all were sort of a father figure, this adult for individuals. Yeah. Yeah. And it was extraordinary. Um, and I wonder the, the impact of you, and to just talk a bit about leader stress, because I know sometimes people, particularly in the islands, and certainly here in the Virgin Islands, have almost a sort of superhuman <laughs> assumptions about those who are in charge. Yeah, and, and I wonder about the ivory that, tower. You know, you know, and I, yeah. Could you speak a bit to um, yeah. the sense of um, leader stress yeah. that we don't often explore or talk about because the assumption is, you know, you got the big job or the yeah. big money or what have you, and that is a protective thing. Yeah. But you're human beings. So. But he also started off saying that his own health exactly. was being questioned and would, changed, and I'm sure would. he didn't tell anybody exactly. either. I saw and, him and we all right. know yes. you, you couldn't just run to the pharmacy. <laughs> I mean, yes. so even that in itself, uh, procuring the things you needed Absolutely. probably took some, some yes. effort. Yes. But, um, but, but, but good question. Yes, yeah. speak on that, please. Well, the stress in the leadership role comes from, if you are an authentic leader, from the fact that you feel responsible. Mm. Not only for yourself, but mm. you feel responsible 
responsible for others. Mm-hmm. Second, because all of us as leaders, you know, have a sense that we're trying to do something greater. We're trying to move an institution forward. Mm-hmm. And when something like this happens, you feel like you're going backwards. Mm-hmm. And so there's a sense of depression that mm-hmm. comes as well because you're feeling as if, well, Though you know you didn't cause it, (laughs) you also know that, you know, West Hall was one of my uh, first accomplishments of building this new, very modern uh, residence hall. And now to look at it and it's in shambles, uh, it makes you feel like, well, boy, I really didn't do much here. Um, And so the stress mounts internally and therefore you have to figure out ways in which to manage that as you are continuing to do the things that you need to do. Mm. And what leaders have to understand is that there are consequences for that. Mm. Uh, And if you don't deal with it, it becomes worse. You know, I'm blessed to have you in my life and therefore it has served as a a stress reliever and uh, uh, to have a, a partner and companion who understands you and can allow you to have your space when you need it and to allow you to be human uh, Mm -hmm. because it's hard to do that in the role but you need places where you can go where you can be human and frail and all of those other Mm -hmm. things and I think I've been fortunate and blessed to have a life partner where that can occur but the real answer uh, is that I wasn't doing this by myself. I mean, I was blessed to have people around me who cared as much, if not more, about the institution as I did. And they were working just as hard as I was to Mm -hmm. get things moving. Uh, And because some of them had gone through prior hurricanes, they had more insight than I Mm -hmm. did about, you know, how you handle the situation and how you handle X. And despite all of the preparation, and we certainly have a very comprehensive emergency plan for when these things happen, it really turns on the person's internal resiliency. Mm. And Mm. I was just blessed to see that manifest among others around me. And I believe that made a difference for me dealing with my leadership stress. Mm -hmm. Because if you own it just by yourself, Mm -hmm. then I think you're setting yourself up for failure and other sorts of problems. But when you allow Mm -hmm. others to take on the responsibility of rebuilding, of reclaiming, of going forward, then I think it's a healthier way to deal with your own stress and the situation. Dr. Hall, I can't imagine... um just in reflecting upon my own uh, the scenario of the hurricanes uh, where we were, um, you know, after Irma, we all just jumped into gear. And it sounds like so did you. You already had a plan to open within two weeks. The lowest day for me was the day after Maria mm-hmm. because I had exerted such <laughs> no. an extensive amount of physical, emotional energy. I mean, I felt like a cheerleader, you know, running around pumping people up, cooking this outrageous yeah. food because we had to empty all of our homes, you know. Mm-hmm. So every night there was this wonderful food coming out and we gathered and we talked and I mean, I lost 29 pounds. I mean, I, I have, I've been trying to lose, you know, five pounds for, can't even tell you how long. Yeah. Um, 
But the day after Maria, I had to climb the mountain, the proverbial mountain. I had to figure out where am I going to get the strength to continue now. That's it. Um, and in your case, obviously the same thing, but but there was additional damage as well. So so now you're back to the drawing board, yeah, right? And not only that, after Irma, when we had this two-week goal, uh, what made us feel we could meet that was our St. Croix campus was not touched pretty right, much. Right. And the faculty there was saying to us, we'll teach students right. via video conference. Right. We actually sent about 30 students I from St. Thomas over that. to the St. Croix right. campus. And then... And they were there for Maria. <laughs> they were there oh. for both. And so... <laughs> um, yeah. And that's what made us have to go to a month <laughs> as opposed to those two weeks because now we couldn't continue yeah. to get ready to reopen. We had to get ready for another one. And um, so it was, uh, this is why I say it was the most uh, critical challenge that I faced as a leader, because it wasn't just one. It was, and during this period, we had students on the St. Thomas and St. Croix campus who were there and had no place to go. And and the ones on St. Thomas, I mean, to have to stay in that type of setting for a month with no classes was a real challenge. And so now Marilyn and I were trying to be with them in the evenings after having worked in the day to give them a sense of what's happening and trying to stay in touch with their parents as well. So right. it was... Another detail uh, we may not be aware of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know. yeah I, right. that's what I'm, I think. Detachment. Ultimately, yes, when yeah. the, I think ultimately when the story is written <laughs> of the kind of um, journey of uh, Irma Maria and UVI, all of these pieces and those layers of it I think are extraordinary that the, the public and people see just the kind of the outside part, but the extraordinary internal journey. There are a couple of things that you said, David, that I thought just were real striking that I thought were worthy of just kind of lifting back up. As you described and talked about the kind of leader stress and the impact of seeing the devastation and the rebuilding journey, you talked about resilience in people. And I think that's one of the things, both with the show and a lot of the um, trainings that are being offered, is if we can begin to build intentionally a personal resilience. We know that other things will be coming. We know that June will be coming. We know that there will be another hurricane season and other kinds of traumatic experiences. But the ability to hone that resilience internally as we strengthen buildings and codes and all of that, that's the other part of the equation. And and as you described it, it made me think about that and the importance for those in the listening audience as many of the takeaways from this show and others is you working on building your internal resilience skills because once you have them um, and as you practice them kind of like exercise the more you do it the stronger you get the more you work on your resilience skills the stronger and more automatic they become because there always will be something coming down the pike and so I am I just really want to affirm what you said and acknowledge the power of the team. You know that we often, I mean, leaders, and I think really strong leaders, and I've borne witness of you over these many years, the power of who is around and part of the journey of making things happen is as significant as the person leading the charge. And so so for all those who are part of teams and those who are in leadership roles, you know, to really think about what does it mean to create and enhance quality teams 
teams wherever you are in your nonprofits and the governmental agencies and the for profits. That's the power of it all. You know, Um, feel the lean on each other and help each other as you have your highs and your lows and and continue. And a point that I want to emphasize is this whole concept of internal resiliency Mm -hmm. is something that really needs a lot more study mm-hmm. because it's one thing to say we all must have resiliency internally. Mm-hmm. It's another thing for us to better understand what are those qualities that go into it being developed in individuals? Mm-hmm. Is it something you can teach? Is it something you can measure? Mm-hmm. Uh, and because we know that there's a lot that is still unknown about this concept, one of our new goals is to create a center for resiliency and disaster mitigation so that we can study resiliency. And this is not just the resiliency of buildings and the resiliency of infrastructure, but the resiliency of human beings. Uh, So some of our researchers are uh, looking at this. We have a model for how we hope the center will work. We uh, hope to obtain some funding so that we can bring researchers and practitioners to help us think through how do you empower people to be much more resilient, not just for the next hurricane, but for the other challenges that will come in all of our lives. That sounds um, so timely and necessary. Um, So we're almost at the 10-year mark (laughs) for having... been here, this part of our journey. Or, or for having a five-year goal, probably. <laughs> uh, right? I mean, yeah. people should know. It's interesting. We honeymooned here in uh, St. Thomas uh, in 1990. And uh, and here we are uh, uh, from 2009 to 2019. Um, the research shows, it's interesting, that for most presidents of um, HBCUs, the, the national average is about three to five years, and you're about to hit almost about ten. Yeah. So what do you attribute your longevity. Um, you kind of bust that natural average there, David Hall. <laughs> well, and even... The, even and I'm going to say it, even though I'm going to let him say it, pride. <laughs> he reeks of it, you know? He he cares. He he wants to make things truly better. And, and that's something, again, it's not a taught skill. <laughs> you know, you, you have it. And, and it's contagious, mm-hmm. thankfully. Well, thank you. <laughs> um, but I think I want have been blessed to be in a good marriage, and that's not Uh-oh, just with boy. you. <laughs> that's not just with it's you. Not hard to get, not just We're with on you. radio, but no. there's a blush going on right now. I just want to let you all know. No, I think a president has to uh, be in sync with uh, his or her board mm. uh, and with the people in the institution. Mm. Uh, and if that marriage isn't there, then the relationship gets a little rough at mm. times. And, well, it's going to always get rough, but it goes off the the rails. And I've been blessed to um, work with the board of trustees that I think have a similar vision for the institution uh, as I do. And that has really made a difference, and I'm very thankful for that. It's one of the reasons I uh, chose to accept the position, because after meeting with the board and talking to them about their vision and sharing mine, it was clear to me that these are people who see the world as I do and want the same things for UVI as I would want if I was president. And then the uh, staff, faculty, and others, I think, uh, 
for the most part, people want uh, the same type of better university. And this concept of greatness that I threw out when I first arrived resonated with many individuals, and they have worked extremely hard to bring that into existence in their own ways. And so my second blessing is to have people around me working with me day in and day out who are brilliant, creative, and dedicated, and who want to stretch themselves and want to stretch uh, the institution. Uh, And third, I think I have been blessed to have some good experiences before I came. Uh, As you indicated, I was dean of law school at Northeastern. I was provost at the university. And you learn some things in those particular roles that I believe help when you're facing the challenge uh, of a new institution and facing the challenge of trying to move an institution from one place to another. So those would be a few things that I think have contributed to the uh, longevity and uh, uh, and we've been successful uh, collectively as an institution. Sure, yeah. I mean, you read off yeah. a few of the things that we've been able to do in the last uh, 10 years but uh, or nine and a half, um, but the list could go on and on because people have developed ideas and I've been blessed to help uh, those ideas that others came up with uh, to be implemented and I've come up with ideas and we've been able to put them uh, into practice. We'd have this wonderful new strategic plan uh, Greatness Through Innovation uh, where there are so many compelling things that um, uh, we want to do as an institution and uh, I think that is one of the reasons why we all stay in Engaged because we can see that despite what has happened, that there's still a lot more mm-hmm. to yeah. achieve. Wow! You know, in fairness, um, you know your tenure—you haven't tiptoed. You know, uh, there's been talk, and people have complained, and this and that. Everybody's got an opinion. That's yeah. the beauty of us Virgin Islanders. We all got opinions, whether they're qualified or not. But I've always had a saying in my leadership roles that I would always rather try to tone somebody down than spark them up. Yeah. And and so to have such ambition and, and things that you've tried to succeed at, mm-hmm. even if you're just making steps and may not mm-hmm. you know, make them all perfect, mm-hmm. the fact that you have strived so hard to make it better has to be commendable. Because you didn't just run it as it was. Or, and again, in fairness to who came before you, mm-hmm. you know, everybody's made their leaps and their right. bounds Absolutely. and their steps. You know, mm-hmm. we went from the college to the university mm-hmm. and all these great things. Mm-hmm. But boy, anytime somebody wants to criticize somebody for being motivated and positive and, and wants things better, oh come on, <laughs> you know, that's what you want in a leadership role, especially in yours. So again, thank you. Well, speaking of sort of new initiatives, and I know our time will be about ten minutes, and there's so much more we could spend a whole lot of time exploring. And maybe you'd be open to coming back, perhaps. There you go. How about that? Um, could you talk? Talk about the the latest new 
significant um, initiative and law that is now very present in the, the Virgin yeah, Islands at right. UVI. Uh, it's important that before we run out of time that you give some voice to talk about um, the free tuition program. I know what education has meant to transform your life from your beginnings. I know what it's meant in transforming my life as I've shared with um, the listening audience. So if you could talk real briefly about the free tuition program and some deadlines coming up and your vision of the impact of this for the Virgin Islands. Yeah, great question. Yeah, this is uh, this could be one of the most transformative things that the government of the Virgin Islands ever do mm-hmm. does mm-hmm. Uh, because it has the potential for generations to come to make it more possible for individuals to obtain higher education degrees and there is a direct link between the obtainment of college degrees and economic development in a state or territory. Mm-hmm. There's a direct link and research will show this between the quality of life that people are able to live and college degrees. Mm-hmm. Uh, and unfortunately, the Virgin Islands right now ranks pretty low on the scale of the of that percentage. And this policy is to change that. And I commend uh, the government, uh, Senator Roach and now Lieutenant Governor Roach, uh, former Governor Mapp, 32nd Legislature, for putting this in place because it's a wonderful thing. It's something that we advocated for, uh, that we put on the agenda in this last year, and I am just thankful that it has come into existence because of the way it can change lives. Uh, So uh, in a nutshell, if a person has graduated from a Virgin Islands High School and spent at least three years at a Virgin Islands High School, and that could be private, parochial, adult education, taking a GED, and they have a 2.5 grade point average, then they qualify. And we're asking individuals to take advantage of this. It doesn't matter if you graduated 10, 20 years ago, you can still take advantage. There's no income level, Mm -hmm. so you can still take advantage of it. If you went away and started your college career someplace else and you want to come back, you can still take advantage of it. So... We are asking individuals to apply by March 1. <laughs> that That's deadline Friday. is coming up. <laughs> We've uh, been out beating the bushes and trying to make people aware of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so please uh, uh, apply if you haven't. Returning This applies to returning students. Mm-hmm. So those who are already UVI students, mm-hmm. uh, we've been getting uh, the word out to them so they can apply and let us know that they plan to return and mm-hmm. would like... Uh, some of these funds and for new students we're asking them to apply by March uh, 1 uh, as well in all candor if at the end of March 1 and we do our analysis of how many people if there are still funds we'll have another round Okay. but I would encourage people to make the uh, first round <laughs> and try to get their applications in uh, because this is a rare opportunity mm-hmm. there is only one one other state, the state of New York, that provides this type of program for four-year degrees. Wow. There are about 20 or so states that do it for community colleges. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, we are the first HBCU to have a program of the sort, mm-hmm. and that is getting national recognition now wow. that mm-hmm. uh, uh, we are the first to do it. Mm-hmm. So it is transformative, and I encourage Virgin Islanders to embrace this. Uh, Contact benefit. information, um, David, how might they um, access the application or get more detailed information? Yeah, they can go on our website at www. Uh, uvi.edu and they can uh, be able to find uh, the application and find information. They can call our admissions offices uh, um, or just call my office uh, which is uh, Mm 693-1000 and we will direct them to where they uh, need to be. Thank you so much. That is so exciting. You know when we of reflect back if we can the 10 years from now right and mm-hmm. to think of what this moment looks like yeah. um, then uh, for the lives of those who've been transformed because yeah. of uh, this new law I know that we are um, quickly moving um, yeah. with time I guess a couple other things I know we've talked about so many things and about the impacts of the hurricanes and all but still people may have um, perhaps some misconceptions about even with this free tuition are there misconceptions about about UVI, you think that people may still have, even as it's like, well, free tuition, well, what does that mean? And is UVI the, the place that I should go, even with all the things that I described and listed up? There's still that sense at times. Yeah, and this can't include the dorm, I'm assuming, <laughs> yeah, either, right? Yeah. It's not for in-resident, I'm sure, but... Well, I think the uh, greatest misconception uh, is this notion that because our tuition is low mm-hmm. already, even without free tuition, mm-hmm. um, because it's local, mm-hmm. then it's not a quality place. Mm-hmm. And that's the farthest thing from the truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have excellent faculty members. We have programs uh, that cover the spectrum and students who graduate from UVI go on to finish PhDs at a rate greater and higher than the national average. Our hospitality program which we started only in the last five or six years you know is now rated as for universities our size as one of the top uh, hospitality programs. Our students in business uh, won the uh, Hewitt Packet uh, Entrepreneurship program, national, national, competing against others. Mm-hmm. Um, and when our STEM students go off to conferences, I mean, they come back with prizes all the time because they are competing against universities all over the nation and uh, succeeding. So it is a quality uh, program. And now when you add free tuition, we usually think if I'm getting something free, it must <laughs> not be that good. Well, this is one of those it's situations like that defy that, you know. <laughs> You're uh, you're getting something free, and it is a very good product. Mm-hmm. We aren't great yet, mm-hmm. uh, and I'd be the first to admit there are still there's still that next level we need to get to, and we are working hard to get there. But the conception that if I or the misconception that if I come, I'm giving up something mm-hmm. uh, is just that it is a misconception, mm-hmm. and I would encourage people to 
come and and test the quality of this program. You know it's so hard to it and, and something that you may not be great at, but it's not a bad thing on your behalf. Is that it's the same kind of thing that Rotary clubs suffer from, etc. Is self promotion. <laughs> you know, you're quietly doing all these amazing things, and yes, the word gets out a little bit. Yeah. But it's not being yeah. screamed out yeah, loud, and, yes. and 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 there's so much to be proud of. I mean, I, I you're right. I, I say this all the time when I talk to people that don't know our island very well, and we say about our universities. Oh, well, yeah, what's that like? Well, it's, it's a university. It's it's a fantastic institution. Now, great, you can't get everything, but right. especially if those categories are something you're interested in. Wow, come on and do it. So absolutely, absolutely. Wow, what a what a pleasure this yes. has been. And, yes. and you're right, Doctor Marilyn. We we. <laughs> We could do more of yes, these, and we may need another update uh, again in our future absolutely. because it, it, the community needs it. You guys need to hear what's going on. That's, and, and part of the strength of um, the recovery is building strong institutions and oh, that, yeah. that employ people that are connected to community involvement. It all matters. And perhaps we could conclude by uh, you sharing what are your dreams for for the future, both for UVI and, uh, and for yourself? Well, uh, the dream is to continue on this pathway to greatness, uh, now greatness through innovation. Uh, uh, the dream is that this medical school idea that we've been nurturing for such a long time will become a reality, mm-hmm. uh, that other new programs will happen, that we become a model for customer service and can teach that throughout the Virgin Islands, mm-hmm. that we can have other Ph.D. programs. We're trying to develop a program in agriculture agriculture now. Mm -hmm. We're trying to develop a master's in social work, Mm -hmm. uh, a fine arts degree. Mm -hmm. So there is so much more that we need to do, and uh, I think people are committed to bringing that about at their university, uh, and we also, you know, certainly need to tell our story uh, in a better way, as you indicated. Uh, So (laughs) those are a few uh, things that I see uh, for the future. And for yourself? Well, I... (laughs) This is adorable, by the way. (laughs) Well, I don't want those things to happen, and I'm not a part of them. (laughs) And uh, I'm not asking any Brian questions, like commitments and all that, because you know what? It's day at a time, and and with your goals, and and you're doing great, David. Thank you very much. Um, It's it's been a pleasure. I was a fan from from day one, (laughs) and I'm still in in a, a huge fan of, of your work and your dedication and thank you. Yes, and thank you, David Hall, for uh, for coming on board. This is a, this is an interesting experience, but um, I'm a big fan as well. I, I mean, I see David up close and personal, absolutely um, in a distinct way that others don't, and um, the authenticity of what you've heard and the manifestation of what's occurred at EVI is the person that um, that is David Hall. I mean, there's no in or out different. It's it's who he is that I've witnessed for, for decades since we have connected, but have witnessed the evolution of his professional journey and leadership in many places. And he impacts and leaves a deep, deep impact wherever he is. So, well, he gave you some credit, too, you know? for the... Uh, <laughs> uh, I've, I've said it, behind every great man is a greater woman. So, uh, Beside, darling. <laughs> beside. Right? Beside. Beside. Uh, 
mind. That's, that's true. <laughs> but thank you so that's much. All. I really personally, yeah. and on behalf of uh, Wellness Wednesdays, thank you all so much. Well, uh, thank you for allowing me to be here. Congratulations on the show. It's really had an impact, and so both of you deserve tremendous credit for <laughs> taking this on, for doing it, and staying dedicated to it. Uh, please invite me back. I would love to do that. Uh, it's always an honor to come to a show and to be introduced, and the person can uh, pronounce my children's name correctly. <laughs> <laughs> That's usually not the case, but this announcer got it right. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I noticed that. <laughs> oh, thanks so much. Fantastic. Appreciate it. All right, take us out, Paul. Well, sometimes we like to end it also with a thought, and uh, and so here's one. Um, whether we like it or not, we are all have been born on this earth as part of one great family, mm-hmm. rich or poor, educated or uneducated, belonging to one nation, religion, ideology, or another. Ultimately, each of us is just a human being like everyone else. We all deserve happiness and do not want suffering. Therefore, each of us has the same right to pursue happiness and avoid suffering. When you recognize that all beginnings are or all beings are equal in this respect, you automatically feel empathy and closeness for them. Out of this, in turn, comes a genuine sense of universal responsibility, the wish to actively help others overcome their problems. Mm, and uh, zipping through this book that I love so much, but uh, I just feel like that's what we've been trying to do. Yes. And uh, and it's been such a pleasure to be on this journey with the Hall family. Um, <laughs> mm. Who and, and gosh, the, the basket I got uh, was so perfect. You know, why give somebody flowers when you can give them nutrients and fruit <laughs> and vegetables? So mm. thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you to our sponsors, the Community Foundation of the Virgin Islands and the uh, Disaster Relief Fund of Rotary 7020. Yes. And, and look uh, forward to yes. having you again. Thank you so much for joining. And uh, next week we will have uh, uh, Laura Castillo-Negi as we talk about uh, moving through fear, living your best life, and uh, embracing your authentic self. Have a wonderful, wonderful week and wellness to each and every one of you. Thank you.